That movie was weird. It was weird. It was like really slow and somehow also made me want to see it again, knowing everything now and going into mm-hmm. it and watching it make sense. Because I don't think it did a great job of like helping the the viewer know at all what was going on for the first half of it. Neither did the Godfather though. That's true. I would right? agree. Like, yeah. like he does these things that are so big. Yeah. Oh, different guys. To... Yeah. Wait, what? Uh, Francis Ford Coppola. Oh, right. Um, but very similar type. But similar thing, I guess. Yeah. Huh. I don't know why I thought he was the same director. Maybe because he just does good gangster sh- Yeah, Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. He did, which is... And The Irishman. and The Irishman. And The Departed. The Departed. Yeah. It, the movie was good. My pants were wet. <laughs> Four out of five. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would go four out of five as well. Dry pants. podcast presented by the comics place bellingham washington i don't know what episode number this is because i don't have an email from will elmer who took the week off because it's his birthday i guess it's a comic (laughs) book podcast filled with love and passive aggression and i am always am jeff i'm Django. whoa that was really passive aggressive (laughs) (laughs) how did you do that so well just practice. Wow, you've been around me a watching lot. you. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm, I'm Roman. Man, that is like my biggest fear is passive aggression because I know I've pissed somebody off. Oh no! Oh what no! Like I, I even having introduced it as a passive aggressive podcast, your tone made me prioritize. Oh God! Oh wait! Oh uh, wait! He's fucking with me. He's fucking with me. Um. <laughs> But I do, I will say this. Um, I did talk to Will this week, and he did say that his question for the podcast this week was going to be, guys, what's a sequel that is better or as good as the original? Yeah. So, Roman, what's your first thought when you think of that? Well, my first thought was actually T2 because we were texting about it last week. That's what started the entire, that was the Uh. genesis of this conversation. That I've been having every day for like five days now. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's other ones. Uh, yeah, there are other ones, Roman. Other movies. There's a lot of other movies out there. <laughs> Sean says Temple of Doom, but I, I don't think Django believes that that's oh, a correct mm-hmm. answer. No, yeah, I, I, can't I, I don't believe it is. <laughs> so are there any comic book series where a sequel is better than the original? Ooh, comic okay. books. Well, okay. Dark Snake Strikes Again. I know no. Phil Satyle likes that one a lot. He can't mm. like it as much as the original, can he? Hey, Phil Does and he? I both love Dark Knight Strikes Again. That's my favorite one, except for this issue about a bear that came out this week, which I'll be talking about. Boy, it's a sequel <laughs> a couple of series after the original series. I can but see... If, but sorry. I can say uh, Ultimates... Is it Ultimate Squared, the one that Al Ewing did? Oh, yeah, 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 that was. Yeah, yeah. that's my favorite Ultimate series out of all of them. That's a great 
That's a great answer. I could see Django scrolling in the reflection of his glasses, and it was yeah, very endearing. We had we had talked about uh, we talked about this a couple of days ago. So I, I had Googled just now just to see if there was anything that we hadn't already discussed privately. Uh, but I ended up on a page that was just sequels, not second episodes or the second things. Um, comic wise, man, I can't. I usually drop off of a comic if I don't like the first series. Right? Yeah, but there's got to be ones where you liked and then enjoyed this. Deceased got. I don't yeah, know that the you, second you like was the, better, but more. like it was as good. I think you enjoyed it more than the first I one. I think though, so. Right? I think that's. I think that's accurate. I would say this second half of Nightwing has been better than the first half of Nightwing. Okay, but that's just because they forgot to renumber it yes. when Tom Taylor took over. Right. Okay. Okay. Good answer. Good answer. Um, you know, I, I'll throw out some answers that I talked about with these guys, but Spider-Man 2, I think, is better than Spider-Man 1. I think X2 is better than X-Men 1. I think Preacher Season 2 is better than Preacher Season 1. Will said Captain America Winter Soldier was better than the first Captain America. and he Almost seemed, got a fist fight. He seemed flabbergasted oh. that I disagreed with that. I think uh, Captain America 1 is a phenomenal movie. It's like a period yeah. piece, but it's also a superhero it's movie. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah. It's like a, a top five Marvel movie, I think, for me. Um, yeah. Can you think of any comics, Jeff? Like, I guess you just did, and I just completely failed. Yeah. I, <sighs> I can't believe, man, I can't believe I'm drawing a blank there. I mean, there's got to be things like. I mean, I would say I like Batman and Robin by Grant Morrison more than the Batman series the first that volume was happening this. before it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I could that see seems that. seems like I'm cutting corners with that. I like uh, In Utero more than Nevermind, although I guess that's technically the third and second albums. Yeah, albums are hard because like, then you go back to demos, you got yeah. like like underground yeah. releases, and um, I would I would say i like anything bob dylan has done more than i like his first one probably because his first <laughs> one is pretty rough yeah and it's all and covered. also somebody's gonna hate that his first one's all covers yeah i mean mostly covers i didn't know that well yeah i feel like there's like probably some maybe there's not but i feel like there's something like like jack kirby took over or something and it was lame before and then he took over and it was amazing but i can't think of what that would be yeah he just created everything amazing at first. Yeah. I feel like that's enough of a, a fake yeah. will question for us to have done here. I want to play a game this week. I want Let's all of us game. to talk about our comic book of the week. And I want to start with Roman. Roman, what was your comic book of the week? And are we counting just this week or this week and last week? Because I'm a little confused about what came out when. Um, you know, I would say try to focus on this week and have uh, honorable mentions of last week in mind. Cool. Yeah. Yeah took all my comics back from last week already um yeah me too i like i like scream 2 a little more than scream 1 sorry had to get oh that in. i yeah. asked i asked that to sean no. i haven't seen scream 2 oh. oh i watched them all a while ago and i liked them all pretty much um but my comic of the week this week yeah um i don't know what it would be for last week because now i've everything's bored together but this week for sure my my after being gone, I feel like I've been gone for like four weeks. I, like I know it. what it's gonna um, be, Jeff. Is it? So is my, it what my I thought? Mike coming back, Mike 10 right out of the gate is beneath the trees where nobody sees. Oh, oh. Right, well, I'm, gonna one. I'm gonna step in for this one <laughs> because <laughs> I'm you. with you, Roman. <laughs> this is one is barely acceptable because it's phenomenal. It's bare, it's. <laughs> It's really fucking good. Hey, Django, did you read Beneath the Trees? Where nobody no. says. 
years. We sold out before I got to it, but I flipped through it and it looked uh, rad. It is rad. Django, you smell like a yeast infection. I am a yeast infection. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Um, so it's one, so, bare, it's one of the bare necessities. It is a bare necessity. I think I, that, I thought of you too while I was reading because I was like, oh, it's a bear. Oh, thanks. Berry. Because I love knives and guns also. <laughs> yeah. And and Trump. And, and, and woodworking. Shut up, Barry. He's a Trumper. Um, I think Sean <laughs> described this as Busy World of Richard Scary meets uh, Dexter, which I think is yeah. right on the money. Um, this is like a gorgeous, gorgeously drawn town with a bunch of anthropomorphic animals. They all have homes and are talking and careers, and it's very Busy World of Richard Scary. And there's this nice teacher bear named Samantha uh, who halfway through dips out to go and out to this like tiny area in the woods and like in a town kidnaps a duck and then hangs it upside down and bleeds it and then cuts it up into tiny bits and buries it in paint cans and a field and and then goes back to town and you're like holy shit that was dark for a book that looks this soft (laughs) and methodical too right like i looked through and it's like five pages of mutilation and and murder right it's a couple pages. Yeah. 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 Samantha is very, very neat and tidy. And it was, yeah, it was impressive how methodical, I can't pronounce that word, methodological a little. Um, Django, I have a copy but, that I'll be bringing back. So you'll have to read it. I, I also ordered a handful more. So, oh, right. You did. It's yeah. more into the shop pretty soon. I was very impressed with part of that um, neat process. After she kills the duck, she, uh, suspends him she opens up a a collapsible ladder and suspends him you know in between the two the two legs tying what do you call that on a ladder the two sides of the ladder the open ladder um and slits his throat and lets the blood drain out into you know one of when you change your oil one of those plastic tubs that collects all the oil (laughs) and it's like oh that's so impressive that's so thoughtful i don't think i've seen that in a movie (laughs) (laughs) i mean i think that would it would that tub would overflow with all the blood but oh yeah there's a lot of blood in a body yeah yeah but she might but she probably has another tub she switches out yeah it's just like a wonderful uh mixture of cute and adorable and dark and fucked up and i think anytime you can get both of those in a book together and have it look as gorgeous as it does you're in a you're in a good spot this is horvath that that name sounds a little bit familiar actually yeah i don't know I'll look it what up. Else, what else they've done? It was also I was impressed with this world because while she's cleaning up the the murder site where she's been apparently burying people for decades, um, a regular like natural bear walks out yeah. of the woods on all fours and doesn't speak. So it's like this world is like anthropomorphic animals, but there's also the regular natural animals that were <laughs> nice. that act the way the animals act. So it's like oh well, that's interesting. There's a lot going on in this book. Um, Patrick Horvath did the art in issue four of ha ha oh and that looks like kind of their only other real thing on their website interesting wow what was issue i'm gonna look up that issue now watercolory oh the old lady i think yeah. yeah yeah nice um so roman a 10 from you oh yeah i i love this combination of genres and and it's so well done after she gets back from the murder site gets back home next thing she's in the tub Reading wow. with a shower cap on and tea and cookies and glass of there's wine. There's a panel where she leeches up with her with her foot and you know turns on one of the faucets to adjust the temperature. It's like oh, this is so this is so lovely. 
It is lovely and appeals to that dark, murderous spirit inside of you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, Django, what well, was... What, sorry, I'm going to go nine. Nine. Not quite okay. a ten, um, but it, it's high up there. It's high up there. And it, it was like kind of quick, but relatively dense as well. And the art was just beautiful. It was a wonderful feeling thing. I echo Roman sentiments, except for not quite as perversely. <laughs> uh i'll bet you want to know what my my pick of the week is oh geez i don't know if we're allowed to say that because of copyright law but what would give you that idea um my favorite comic this week yeah it's a toss-up but i think i gotta go it's local man toss salad eh it's local man which is a weird weird thing to say but i am really 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 enjoying it um dude i from the first issue you were like, did anybody read this? Like, we didn't order enough of this. Like, I and I don't really know much about it to this day, but it, you've been it's, ringing the bell for it since it started. Yeah, and I hope this doesn't turn into a Flintstones thing where it turns out I was right. <laughs> I hope I'm just wrong and loving this comic that is bad, but I think it's actually really good. It's like this guy who used to be on a Youngblood type team got kicked off the team and they still own the copyright. And all of the rights to his character, including the name, him using anything for a shield or fighting crime in any way. So he went home to live in his parents' basement because he's broke and kind of a kind of an awkward loser. And he keeps getting like embroiled in these ridiculous things where he has to fight somebody. And because he's the kind of guy who always uses a shield, he's you know, using garbage can lids and pots, pot lids and stuff as shields and sometimes getting in trouble from the superhero team. Um, and it's, it, there's just like this, this really good, huge conspiracy and a lot of like, they're, they're sort of doling out the information pretty slowly about why exactly he got kicked off the team and who, like, why do these people keep showing up and messing with him? And then on the flip side, cause it's a flip book, you get, a bit that is illustrated as if it's a 90s image comic. So it it looks like Rob Liefeld garbage and it's giving you extra context for his adventures beforehand and why the first five issues were why he got kicked out of the team and these this this is the next arc. It looks like it's going to be flashbacks to him in high school before he joined the team. Dude, and that's all very clever. I didn't realize yeah. also that there's like back matter that's upside down, but I do know that unpacking those books from boxes every week is always a pain in the ass because there's yeah. always multiple covers, but the back one is always all the same cover regardless if it's the A or B. And I oh, always am always looking at the wrong side of them and it's every uh, week looks like barcodes usually on the back for this one yeah. so it's tim seeley is writing it and tony fleeces is drawing it tony did the stray dogs comic i think yeah yeah and tim seeley did uh what, what was the hack slash yeah but after revival. hack slash he did revival yeah. and this has like kind of vibes of the good part of revival so i would give this one a nine wow. local man number six and i think we probably have some trades or can get some trades and it's it's worth it's worth checking out i think it's really inventive and and is a nice homage to uh 90s image comics but also kind of a takedown of modern um legal wrangling with quote-unquote properties wow so, yeah Django, i just think of you often as just like you know a big kind of ape like jolt 
And yeah, yeah, yeah. And here you are reading things that involved, you know, you saying legalese. Like, wow. I contain multitudes. Yeah, you do. I'm Bob Dylan. Man. So, Django, I bet you're wondering what my favorite comic of the week was. That was all I could think about after you made me talk about mine before you talked about yours. It was part of my brain. I've got a four-way tie. One of them was beneath the trees, so I guess I got to pick one of these. Is it either it's it's a four-way tie between Beneath the Trees, Godzilla, King Kong, and Justice League? <laughs> How did you know that? <laughs> I um, I'm I'm going to I'm going to pick this one. You guys all see? Yeah, it looks like week. it looks like guitars. What is it? The Sensational She-Hulk number oh, one. Ooh. It's tied four ways. With Beneath the Trees and some other things. So I gave it a nine. Um, this is by Rainbow Rowell and then art by Andre Genelet, who worked with Rainbow Rowell on the Runaways run that she was doing, which was the first thing I had read of hers. But it just continues seamlessly from the previous run that she was doing that had the gorgeous Jen Bartel covers that we all loved. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one, I had frankly dropped off of that series because the covers um no i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) but uh but i had heard it talked about new enough that it was just it's like a fun kind of sexy funny book what's jen jennifer walters is dating the jack of hearts roman you're reading this right yeah okay yeah jennifer walters dating the jack of hearts and they can't physically touch unless he's like nuclear charged up by like the sun or something. So like he keeps being radioactively charged up so he can like Mac with Jennifer Walters. Uh, she's, you know, got a law firm. They see these two clients that come in that like are deviants, deviant rejects. And they are like the dialogue is hilarious between them. Like one is just super, super aggressive and one's very, very passive. That's kind of like if you encounter Django and I sometimes um all times all times yeah yeah there's there's been some noise complaints lies and and trash complaints slander and 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 there's a missing pomeranian defamation Uh, it's just there like there were multiple parts where i laughed out loud in this book and yeah i'm just very grateful it exists the art is good uh it's not the best thing in the world um it's it's pretty generic housey style i don't particularly remember this art from the runaways run because there was multiple artists on the book, but it's, it's yeah. Roman, what did, what did you think of it? I liked it a lot too. I was reading the, um, the she hold series as it was anyway. Um, and I really like, I, I like the relationship. Uh, Jack of hearts was actually the guy that set off the whole Avengers. What was that storyline that like changed everything in the Avengers where a bunch of them died and then they disbanded the team and then they reformed because of the breakout on the raft and it was like relaunched Marvel at that point. Yeah. Jack of Hearts is one of the ones that died in that one because he exploded. Right. All new, all Jack of Hearts. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And and, and he's turns out he was the one that was responsible for uh, (laughs) She-Hulk losing her losing her shit and going all savage for a while because he absorbed accidentally absorbed her gamma radiation which instead of depowering her made her savage (laughs) which is very interesting but i think this book does a good job of uh not making you feel dumb if you don't know this whole history of the character because i don't i'm like jack of hearts i don't know who you are and that kind of turned me off of the first volume but having dipped back in and seeing that like i don't feel like i'm missing things is pretty cool 
Yeah, yeah, and him coming back in this series is the first time he's been back since that old Avengers stuff years ago. So they actually left him dead for quite a while. Yeah. And brought him back in a cool way in this series. And it's been fun. And I liked, and it's fun to see characters like uh, the two Deviants, Carcass, and I forget the good looking one's name. But it's fun <laughs> seeing them turn up again. Yeah, and it's always funny with him because he was rejected from Deviant Society because to us, he's a beautiful man, but he's hideous to the society. <laughs> Nice. That's awesome. Jack, to Jack of Hearts' death, when his power levels began to increase beyond the capacity for his containment suit, Jack of Hearts chose to commit suicide rather than continue living in an isolated containment room for 14 hours a day. Jack took a child murderer who had abducted Cassandra Lang, the daughter of Scott Lang, along with him when he exploded in space with his uniform destroyed in the blast. The naked body of Jack Hearts. Jack of Hearts drifted deeper into space. And at the onset of Avengers Disassembled, Jack reappeared mm. in uniform as what appeared to be a zombie um yeah oh yeah Avengers yeah. disassembled i remember that yeah that was all just straight from the dome i just know all that stuff <laughs> uh yeah 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 so, sensational yeah, sea hulk I, I i think it's great i think if you were reading it keep doing it i think if you were not reading it i think this is a perfectly good jumping on point like me um and it's a blast it's just light-hearted and it's fun superheroes that make you laugh you know it's kind of got an 80s marvel vibe nine out of ten from me because it was yeah. part of your four-way what, what's your score roman uh yeah i give it a nine it's nice nine? that she hulk's always been like had a lot of uh a um, lot of relationships but in this one they're actually building it up where she actually thinks she was in love with jack of the hearts and he with her and it's more mature than her usual relationships yeah. So, Django, I was on the boat with you where I was pretty sure that Roman's favorite book would have been Justice League versus Kong versus Godzilla. <clears throat> can I can I posit a reason that it wasn't? Is it that it wasn't very good? <laughs> well, no, I don't think that keeps it from being his favorite book of the week. I was going to say it's because there's not there's just not enough Godzilla or Kong. Yeah, there's really two pages him. of Godzilla and it's like the same image and it's the first and last page of the book. So this this is this is just basically setting up probably the next issue, which will be all punching, right? And probably pretty entertaining if you read it in the right tone of voice. The interesting thing that I thought about it. So this is Brian Buccoletto with someone named Deuce uh, on art. <laughs> DC, <laughs> where are your goddamn credits? Christian Deuce and uh, Luis Guerrero on colors. Um, not to talk shit on the writing, but I thought that the characters were all super weird. So we start with <laughs> Clark proposing to Lois on a helipad right before Godzilla shows up. And then we flash back. So that tells us immediately that this is out of continuity. Right. Right. So, okay. Kind of clever, but do we really need that whole, like, do we need that to be a whole conceit for the story? And then he goes and like hangs out with the justice league and they're all giving him advice on whether he should get married or not. And they're all kind of being jocular together, but none of it felt like those characters to me. And if that shit stands out to me, who reads everybody in the same tone of voice, I don't know that this dialogue is, is appropriate for this team. Yeah. My thought was I, I and I don't want this to sound insulting, but I, to me? no, not to you, Okay, to the writing. Um, it's just, it seems like very watered down generic versions of the characters. Like it, 
it, which I think is fine because I think this is the kind of book that you would also see at like Target or something, and mm-hmm. and people would be buying it in places that are, or you would give out at a movie theater, free in a cereal box. Yeah, exactly. And in those, there's always been that type of promotion for these characters, and they always have a very timeless, generic version of the character because it's oftentimes a someone who's not usually exposed to the thing being exposed to it. Um, so so yeah, that was kind of my take on it, which. I think it's coming from the same place of what you recognize, which is just like, there's not real nuance. There's not like an interesting voice for any of these characters. doesn't feel mm-hmm. like there's anything cool going on there. It is just like, okay, here's, here's the ride of you're going to see the justice league and King Kong and Godzilla all in a place together fighting at some point, And then probably working together at some point. So <laughs> we promised you that. one thing. Yeah. It was so. these three people. Roman, did you what did you think of the of of the the story? Because it's you know it's some things you like coming as a play. monkey guy. <laughs> um, no, I I agree with you guys. The um, I was trying to think what were my favorite moments in the story, and they were they were just visual moments. I liked. I was most thrilled, I think, with Titano showing up, mm-hmm. and and <laughs> having some some of his mechanical bits showing. Um, and I and I thought it was cute that Cheetah, the artist, draws Cheetah with an actual cat head, and like when she's startled or something, her ears flatten like a cat. I thought, oh, that's cool. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> the did, rest, I did... was like, yeah, the di- the characters don't sound right. It's Hawk Girl is of... in it a lot, and I don't believe she has a single line of dialogue. I don't. Yeah, I don't think she does. She's just. What did there. Toy Man steal? He, he stole a gem that ultimately took them to that other reality. Oh. Yeah, but what is that gem? They didn't. You know, they didn't say. But because it's gem. a big, because it's a big ruby gem, I'm thinking it's Doctor Destiny's gem, which is also the Sandman, Neil Gaiman's Sandman's gem that Destiny did stole it, from. Did it grant wishes? Because this one grants his his like technical well, wish. Yeah. Well, doesn't that gem let you alter reality or something? I can't remember. But I haven't watched the Sandman show yet, so I don't know. Yeah, I can't remember exactly how it works. Yeah, I, I got to let, let you alter reality. I yeah, t- I was sorry. No, go ahead. No, 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 no. I was changing gears because I thought you, you were had died down. Oh, but please oh. go. No, it, it, and unfortunately, it's kind of what I expected. That like Jeff, you called it a, a what a, a Walmart Target promo book type of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, I didn't really expect much. I mean, if. I wish that somebody like, um, oh, God, I'm blanking his name, that amazing, highly detailed artist that did a fantastic Godzilla series some years ago. Stoko. Um, Stoko. I, I wish Stoko was doing this. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll keep reading it because, yeah, it's Godzilla and Kong, but I, it's kind of begrudgingly. That that said, like, I think it's watered down generic versions of the characters, but I'm not, like, going into it looking for more than what it is. So I think yeah. that it's perfectly acceptable at being what it is which is an action romp book you know that is mostly focused around an interaction rather than those characters but Django, what i've got for you mm-hmm. is a criticism okay i i'm ready for your criticism i also yeah. have something about watered down so oh, yeah we'll, uh we'll do that yeah do like that a choose your own adventure yeah let's it, do that. it's interesting that you say watered down because i think i think that's accurate but what it should be is distilled yeah, I agree. Right? Like it should be boiled down perfect representation of the most the recognizable parts. iconic version of this character and these are just like, oh yeah, I just put a green mask on him and and have him bicker with Flash. Like <laughs> which, you know, not not the end of the world. Obviously it's a different universe, so maybe that's how these guys get along is by poking each other and making gay jokes, I guess. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that was lame. It's kind of weird. Um my complaint is that 
I think this is a terrible cover. I think your A cover yeah. should not be a rap cover that has most of the image on the back side and only has a couple of the recognizable. Like there was a lot of promotional <clears throat> art for this book, like the poster they sent us, and it was a variant cover that should have been the A cover of this book. Like this is a yeah. terrible decision on their part. Holy, like it doesn't yeah. scream what it is from looking at it. No, you got you got to put Superman on there. Okay, how about if he's a uh, three quarters of an inch tall? Yeah, what if he's the yeah. size of one of the letters? <laughs> I was just going to say, they didn't even put Superman in. Oh, there he is up there. Yeah. Um, I think I sounded more critical of it than my score would represent. I give it an eight. Oh, Big Spender Jeffrey. You know my wallet strings are loose. Six and a half. <laughs> I'll give it. I'll, I'll give it. I'll give it a seven. I mean, I, I do really like the Gorilla Grodd when he first sees Kong. He's like an ape god, and he's like, oh, what the yeah. <laughs> Can I change mine to seven and a half? I give it a seven and a half. I mean, I guess. <laughs> I guess I would have gone with your heart, but you know, you do you. That gives this book for our podcast an average score of seven point oh. Nice. Not so bad. Not that's, so bad. That's a perfectly readable comic yeah perfectly acceptable um django where do you want to go next i wonder if you have any high-ranking scoring books that overlap with my high-ranking scoring books i guess not i i like the flash oh the i didn't Jay read Garrick it book tell me about it? it no 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 yeah how was it you guys it's pretty good jeremy adams wrote it diego orlatigui drew it and luis guerrero colored it wow luis has been busy um this gives us a little like a little flashback to young Jay Garrick and his sidekick Boom. And then after their adventure's over, she disappears and Jay and his wife Joan don't remember Boom at all. Um, and then we flash to the present day and Boom shows up after the events in was Stargirl? Is yeah. that right? Stargirl where she rescued all those kids and brought them back into continuity. So now we have yet another Flash kid. And I just like, I like sort of the the conceit of all those kids showing up and being reunited with their families and and the different memories that people have and and um, the art in this is pretty good and the they're setting up a good mystery for the next issue like we don't know who the bad guy is but he had a cool mask until she broke it um, so yeah I mean I I think it was a I think it was a real solid comic what about you Roman. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot too. Yeah, that's flipping through it, trying to find out who is this. This oh, Doctor Elemental is the villain. Yeah, which I don't know if that's a old Golden Age villain or if it's a new character, but I thought it was cute because Barry Allen Flash had a villain called I think it was Mister Element. Okay, who also had a metal mask. So like it's kind of a nod to that. Huh. Um, but yeah, this is a fun read. And 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 Jeff, I want to tell you that the next issue says next the Terror of Robert. Oh, <laughs> I, hell yes. yeah, I don't know what Robert injected into my veins. Yeah, this is a I liked and I liked it. it had Flash doing some Jay Garrett Flash because he's another one of those scientists got turned into a superhero, but has him doing some sciencey type stuff in the beginning. I, I like that they're like, I like that they're doing oh, these Golden Age books like this Jay Garrick yeah. one. We got the Alan Scott one, and then the Wesley Dodd Sandman one came out. All of them interesting yeah. art. So sorry. Yeah, and I like the fact they're having little um preview pages in the back of the comics because like this this uh alan scott one i'm intrigued i'm interested this yeah it's interesting it's gonna piss off a lot of those old grumpy straight cis golden age fans <laughs> i'd like to see that art look a little more 
period like like the the outfits and stuff look pretty modern yeah um but yeah i i like the sandman one too i read that today and and Mm. so i'm count me in for all these golden age things and the art in this one's got almost like a walter simonson-esque vibe at times in the in the flash yeah the only tiny little nitpicky thing i don't like is um and i don't you didn't need to do this but they took the lightning bolts off of jay garrick flashes legs and put them on his daughter and i was like well why can't they both have lightning bolts going down their legs i I think that's one of the coolest flash outfits ever is the lightning bolts on the legs because you know that's how he gets around his legs right it's cool to have lightning bolts on him Hmm. scores seven and Um, a half i'm gonna give it an eight and a half nice (laughs) that gives this book on our podcast an average score of 8.0 nice hey you guys um jenga's teaching us about averages tonight and i'm here for it (laughs) um one of the other books tied for first on my list was daredevil number two are you guys did you take in this story i just read that right before the podcast i'm shitting the daredevil bed harder than i regularly shit the nightwing bed okay wow so you're what, saying to me if, that you're not reading this i'm not reading it a, yeah what have you got against superheroes that swing around the city using billy clubs yeah just uh never been a real big billy club boy and you, like, you like billies it's true IKEA um, forever that's what my chest says that's the only tattoo i have <laughs> ikea forever yeah, but it's got umlauts and slashes right. through the letters. And so, shit. Django, I, I did show Whatever. you some of this art while we were working together, though, right? Yeah, it looks gorgeous. It's got me it's, interested for sure. Uh, I've been I think we all have been pretty vocally uh, fans of Aaron Cooter's art for years now. Mm-hmm. This seems like a, a pretty significant step up to me in his art game. Yeah. Um, he had been on Avengers Forever, I think, recently. Um, but this is incredible. There is just some like gorgeous coloring going along with it. Um, like, but there's some full page pieces of art in this comic. They're incredible. Page one of Matt and Daredevil standing back to back. Later on, when Daredevil like pulls his mask on, and it's just one of the great costumes when done right. Uh, there's a picture of a like a cop who's like, no a cop fighting a bandit and he's like in the front but there's just like this great depth of uh perception in it um sort of foreshortening i showed django that one like it's it's really really great comic book art i like the art alone makes me love this but i actually am enjoying the story quite a bit as well roman rome rome roman i agree there's there's two panels i just happen to flip to um one where daredevil's standing in front of a cop car or no a station wagon that's been I don't know, riddled with bullets or something, and just the fragmenting of the windshield. Yeah, I, I knew I did notice yeah, that. It's gorgeous, and right below that, it's a it's a classic Daredevil panel where he's swinging up into the air above the street, and his concentric radar rings are going around from his head, but behind him too. Yeah, and I it's love just, it's awesome. <laughs> different artists will sort of make their claim on how they're going to be pers- like illustrating Daredevil's powers, and and I really love this this take on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's a good story too. At first, I was like, "Ah, okay." So it seems a little night wingy. Not, I mean, except he doesn't. He didn't lose his memory, but now he's like, he, you know, he's he's a priest still in Manhattan and in New York. So I'm like, well, but Matt Murdock was a pretty well known lawyer. Isn't our people like, what's going on? Why is Matt Murdock now yeah. a priest suddenly? How'd that happen? I thought that too, but <laughs> but nobody brought it up. I was just but, like, yeah, comics. I but yeah, it's a good story. Good characters. 
it's great to be having also like a Marvel comic book that or any superhero comic book where it's like, yeah, Daredevil's fighting some goons in Hell's Kitchen. Like, cool. Mm-hmm. There's no impending worlds about to blow up. There's not like elementals or new gods or anything. It's just like he's, you know, there's there's a little bit of demon stuff. But Ben Urich and the newspapers spreading bad words about Matt's church place. Like, it's just like, OK, cool. Like, I like being able to focus on this level of the Marvel Universe. It's kind of like in, in an aspect what Fantastic Four is doing, although they're still going a lot bigger in a lot of regards. But Yeah. And and as as a priest, he's trying to protect these, you know, kind of juvenile delinquent kids that the cops are hassling. And and I just like that, yeah, all that street level stuff and it still deals with Matt's faith and and which I always think is interesting, even though yeah. they keep revisiting it, it's always interesting to me. I guess because I because I'm not religious, I'm like, well what, what how does this fit in Matt's life? And he that's what he's trying to figure out. Yeah. It is phenomenal. So it's a nine from me. Roman, what do you give it? Oh, wow. You know, I think I'll give it a nine too. Oh yeah. I, I I didn't even realize when I read this, I'd forgotten it was Aaron Cooter because it is I mean he's always been good, but yeah, you're right. This is a step up so much I didn't realize it was his work. It's before before we move along to the next book, I'd like to just say that that gives this book an average of nine. Nice. For our podcast. Nice. Nine, nine plus, plus nine, nine divided, divided by, by two. two. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, read... nine plus nine <laughs> divided by two would be PEMDAS, which would mean it would be nine divided by two plus nine, which would be 13 and a half. 13 Dang, and a half. That's a fucking big score. You guys love this comic. I hate PEMDAS. Um, I don't know what PEMDAS is. Order of operations in math. It's stupid. Oh, okay. Parentheses, exponents, uh, division, addition, subtraction. Yeah, multiplication, division, addition, subtraction. Wow. Uh, You guys reading Superman still? Yeah. Number seven, Legacy 850. This was a good effing book. This is a good effing comic book, if you don't mind me saying. It was. And I, it took me a minute to remember what had happened at the end of the last issue when they me too. let this crazy Doc Ock looking chains dude out. I was sure I had missed an issue. And I was like, no, I guess I vaguely remember this. Yeah, it was like the end of the last issue. They let this guy out. And now he's just beating the shit out of Metropolis and the whole super family. Um, and then also we get to meet Lex Luthor's mom and yeah. his daughter who's a fan of the black canaries. Yep. And it looks like she's maybe somehow related to Brainiac, right? Cause she's got those dots yeah, in her head. Yeah. 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 Uh, I don't know how much of this is existing Superman lore, but it's super fun and super interesting and super like soap opera comic book fun. Just fun. Yeah. I, I totally agree with all of that. There's like a, a handful of artists on this book. The first one, I believe, is Gleb Melnikoff, who looks a lot like uh, Greg Capullo, and it's just kind of mm-hmm. centered on Perry White running for mayor in Metropolis, which I think is an awesome idea. Uh, like, keep him in a role that is relatively similar to the role he's had, but, you just know. Just boss daddy? Yeah, and just, like, I think they're always trying to make the fact that Superman and Lois work in a newspaper kind of work or not work or change it. It's a mm-hmm. podcast now, you know, like... Uh, and just like let it be there, but you can kind of put Perry White as mayor and it, it works. Um, I, I really like, yeah, this chained character and he looks like he's maybe related to Lex or something. He's got the orange hair. I, the next issue of this doesn't come out till 2024, it says, which is like a good couple months away. So that's going to be. is it, Okay. Is that how you read that? Because it says to be, con- 
continued in Superman number eight and in 2024. Oh, you're right. You're right. So I got I the read, idea I that because there's there's like a Brainiac Coda in here, and that's probably so I got the, the idea that story. that's the 2024, yeah. and the Brainiac Coda actually did something that I haven't decided if I like or not, but it brings back like three more Cesarnians, which is Lobo's race. Yeah. And apparently yeah. just everybody from Cesarnia wears skulls and leather jackets and is a dick. I'm yeah. totally into it. And I was like looking pretty hard at the credits to try and discern who I thought this artist who did that coda was mm-hmm. because they don't specify who the art is. And I, I really liked that art and I really liked that Brainiac coda. It's like the double page spread of Superman fighting Brainiac and different, you know, specific moments of Superman's history with Brainiac. And I, I really liked that. I liked the Zarnian stuff. So I'm very excited for that story more so even than this chained one, which is going well. I think it's, it's Edwin Galmond or Galman, G-A-L-M-O-N. Is that the one that is, yeah, listed as a color or anarchic? Yeah, yeah. that was the one I was assuming, yeah. Um, yeah, I, this might be my favorite thing that Joshua Williamson has written seven issues in. Yeah. For me. Roman, where are you at on this? Um, I'm not reading it. I think I flipped. Whoa! Oh, man. Whoa. I flipped it, I flipped through a couple pages of that one because I'm, I'm not a big Joshua Williamson yeah. guy. yeah. I think I looked at it to kind of get an idea of like what's going on with Superman. And that was the extent of my interest. Wow. Well, this thing about the Brainiac Coda, I, I got to say, I don't like that idea because I thought Lobo murdered all the rest of his race. But it's Brainiac. Thought... He like collects cultures <clears throat> and shit. So maybe he there's know, there's maybe a he collect, there's a line in it. He collected them before Lobo. Sure. Yeah, he, he he's like beating the shit out of this planet. And he looks like Lobo with a beard and he says, let's get this party started and show Ces- why Cesarnia erased us from the history books. Oh, so, so kind of they like were the, probably in the phantom zone or something in the phantom zone or whatever. Yeah, they were they were gone and and such dicks that Cesarnia. Wow. Maybe they're Lobo's family. Oh, oh. that would be upsetting. Oh, because I also always like the idea that Lobo. The rest of the Zarnians aren't like him. He's just a super dick. And nobody else dresses like him. But. Didn't I read where he was with his mom? Or... Uh, that was his, his school teacher. Oh, that's what it was. Good one. Well done. Um, <laughs> okay, you guys. My highest score of the week, but I had oh, to... Oh, we need... Sorry. Superman ratings, bud. Sorry, Jango. Superman ratings. Sorry. There's, there is a... Sorry, guys. There's a process here, Jeff. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Roman, will you help me be more passive-aggressive about this? Did we want to do ratings for Superman? Yeah. Oh, um, Jeff. Oh, Jeff. I, I give it an 8.5. <laughs> That's a good score. I'm going to give it a 9. It's nice. some of the best superheroing that I've read in, in weeks. Okay, Django. Well, right. given uh, that you got anything score, else? Should we... Uh... Well, I'm curious the average score for that book is on our podcast. It's 8.75. Okay. Yeah, because, well. all right. Right, um, eight and a half and a nine. Eh, 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 fuck PEMDAS. Yeah. Parentheses, 8.5 plus nine in parentheses divided by two. Is Bingo. 8.75. <laughs> um, so what I would have given a 9.5 is Batman Superman World's Finest number 20. Oh, oh, tell us. Django, are you reading this? Jeff, I dropped off with the Demon Neza stuff. I did too. I thought it was terrible and just didn't jump back in. I got back on about six issues ago, and it's one of the best things I've ever done in my life. Man. It's yeah, easily one of the best books coming out. 
Yeah, once they wrapped up that Demon Neza stuff, then it got pretty good. Yeah, I'm missing something that was happening. Um, okay, my complaint, and I hope that it's actually in this book. Was it in this book or was it in another one where the Flash refers to like using the Justice League's Rick Rock? Rick Rock? Rick Rock account. Oh, instead of TikTok? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I remember reading that recently too. I don't, and yeah, I don't know if it's whatever it was. Loses Lex Talk. Yeah, it should have been Lex Talk, dummies. I, I thought it was. Could it have been Titans? No, I haven't read that yet. Um, it could have been. It could have been Godzilla. Oh yeah, it could have been. Yeah, I'll flip to that while you tell us about this one. Yeah, I don't know why it would matter. I mean, this. Is TikTok going to sue DC? I mean, what are they? I mean, just like leave it out. We don't need Rick Rock or TikTok <laughs> in here. Anyway, wherever that is. Uh, so if it's not in World's Finest, it doesn't, it would be a nine and a half. Uh, this is <laughs> Batman and Superman somehow linking up with the world of Kingdom Come, which was written by Mark Wade. So having this be written by Mark Wade and have it be an official thing that's touching uh, tips with that is very cool. And the art's fantastic because it's Dan Mora continuing to be amazing. There's some great art in this, like this giant field of tombstones of dead superheroes. It didn't feel like the Kingdom Come universe I know yet, but I do think that it will pay off and be rewarding by the end. But to like get to hang out in that diner that is so prominently featured in Kingdom Come in this was very cool. It's like Kingdom Come, but earlier in that timeline. Um, but they go to find this guy that Superman lost that was like a kid and that was in the portion of world's finance that i wasn't reading and they go find him and the spoilers at the end of this is that he's like trying to kill superman now so roman what what do you know is that kid a bad guy how what's what's his deal uh yeah when he first i forget where he came from but it's somebody that superman and batman kind of took under their wings but mainly superman and he would stay at clark kent's apartment um in fact they have a great conversation in there about in the diner about how hard it would be to for Clark to adopt the kid because it was really hard right. for Bruce and, and Bruce admits and you know and I'm rich I right. can <laughs> that moves a lot of barriers for me um I really like that conversation but yeah the kid at first he was because he was young they, they had a hard time convincing him like not to use his powers to just like kill criminals um and he was always a little on the edge because he was only like 13 or something and but I guess more like Damien than say Dick Grayson sure um and then, I don't know, I don't remember the details, but there was some storyline where he disappeared into some kind of dimensional thing, and Superman's really upset, and this issue, they find him again, because he ended up in the Kingdom Come universe, um, of course, being raised by, I think, Gog or Mugog, I forget, whichever name he used, right. the guy at the horns, um, and the kid has grown up, and now he's Thunder Man instead of Thunder Boy, or whatever his name was, um, and obviously has is pissed at Clark for losing him. And we do get a moment where Superman is going to use the cosmic treadmill to run and he needs to Batman to come with him. So he puts puts his arms out and Batman sits with his arm around him in his (laughs) arms while Superman runs him through another dimension, which is pretty good. In the fireman's grab. Yeah. (laughs) That that scene made me kind of want to write to Mark Wade and ask him, so how come Flash doesn't just teach Superman and Supergirl, Power Girl, whatever? They all have super speed. Why doesn't he just teach them how to like use to phase through things and stuff? But I guess the answer would probably be that the Kryptonians aren't as fast as Barry and his Flash Roman, family. He tries to do it this week in Superman. You got to be reading Superman, dude. Oh, really? He oh, does yeah. it. Starts well, vibrating he, his atoms. As he uses oh, wow. his vibrating his atoms to get out of an impossible trap. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Jeez. I got read. Okay, I got to read that. Yep. It's disappointing <laughs> to me that you're not reading Superman. You know, I would have thought that you liked yeah, but Superman. Joshua Williamson. That's yeah. a. That's a. Listen, as the guy who isn't reading World's Finest, I'm not going to come down on you as hard as Jeff does. You can come down on me as hard as you want, Django. This was an excellent book. What? I give it a nine. Nine point five. One, one thing I had a question about. I guess I always forget this. This World Finest story. It must be set earlier in their careers because superman and batman both don't know who booster gold is yet yeah i had the same moment in this yeah yeah i i forget where this is canonically and the booster gold statement confused me that would be like a week that that puts that solidly within a week of booster gold getting to our time i think like i think he met superman and batman pretty quick i don't know i can't well this hasn't happened yet but yeah this Hmm. is this is a good book. I give it a, I give it an eight point five at least. Yeah, I, I went. On the, you went. I'm gonna go bud. nine and a half because I can't find that Rick Rock line. So <laughs> that gives us an average score for our podcast of nine. Ugh. Hey, well, I love um, th- yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say I love Thunderman's costume too because it's so, <clears> it's so Silver Agey. I mean, he looks like somebody from Krypton. It is the way good. they used to draw them. Yeah. I think this came out last week. It did. But yeah. it did. did you guys read Batman the City of Madness by Christian Ward? Yep, it was incredible. Yeah. You loved it? Loved it. It was mad. I couldn't decide. I loved it. I like big chunks of it, but I also really don't care much about the Court of the Owls. And there were there were things in there that I kind of started glossing over, but then when I realized he was doing kind of uh Lovecrafty? Well, yeah, the Lovecraft character design and the um arkham asylum stuff Mm -hmm. like the arkham asylum references and i forgot he was saying he had said on twitter it's like a sequel to arkham asylum in a way okay okay yeah it it was a good uh dave mckean look Mm -hmm. and i think there was even something that references dave mckean's name and like yeah there was oh there was a a cop named mckean i think yeah yeah um and then i also I, I still haven't decided, but I think that I like the idea of Two Face gaining a third personality yeah. who is split the other direction. Yeah. Um, mm. I'm I'm curious where it's gonna go. I didn't love all of the art in it though. Mm. It, he switches styles a lot, but I I I like most of it. It would be a top three black label book at this point for me, just the first issue. Really? I don't it, yeah, I haven't read it in like a week and a half or something, but I would give it a nine or so. Yeah. I think I'd give it an eight and a half. I think I'd give it a, oh boy, I don't know, seven and a half. I wasn't hooked until the, the, the Batman from the underneath or whatever it's called shows up. Yeah. I'm that always, Cthulhu face is awesome. Yeah. I'm always yeah. interested in people doing something interesting with the court of owls because I thought it was awesome when it was very first introduced and nobody has ever done anything cool with it. I feel like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that gives us an average that, score of 8.33. Oh, wow. Boy, one of the things that hooked me with that is ever since I was a kid, the I don't know what story it was for, but whenever there's a Batman with like big actual bat wings, demon wings, mm-hmm. I'm sold. I just yeah. love that image. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, similar to that book, did either of you guys read Spine Tingling Spider-Man number one this week? No. I did. Zero issue was a digital thing that they put physical, but this was is new content as far as I know. Um, it is written by Saladin Ahmed with art by Juan Ferreira, and it gets very spooky by the end. I like the art a lot. It's it's very different, but like 
there's there's some very spooky stuff in this book. Ooh, it's that's like who who drew that? Juan Ferreira. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah, like very nightmarish. It's supposed Ew. to be. Yeah, and like I was like, maybe this will be a good book to like just give you know like kids early and it's just like no there's some pretty adult <laughs> stuff in it so it's a it's a pretty adult book like yeah he walks in and finds these like warthogs and british outfits eating a human um it's wow. it's very cool and they, it's a very claustrophobic feeling like he falls asleep and wakes up in a reality where he's never existed and no one knows him and it's it's kind of scary stressful roman did you like it this was way better than the um that zero issue compilation um yeah that one i i felt like i was kind of struggling to get through it um i i liked it i mean i liked the art a lot there was i liked it more than i thought i would i liked the mystery about why nobody knows who he is i'm not completely sold on peter parker in a in a horror story right because i i don't know there's something about me something about it i'm just like i don't want to see spider-man in a in a, a straight up horror story even though I like the horror elements of this. Horror. 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 Yeah, I mean, I just wanted to give a little, little shout out to that. So I, I gave that one Spine Tingling an 8.5. I think it's highly worth checking out uh, if you are a fan of Spider-Man but don't necessarily love the main Spider-Man book right now. Mm. What would you give it, Roman? I think I'd give it a 7. Nice. And then the last thing I want to shout out, because I did have a big stack here. Did anybody else read Zoe Thorogood's Hack Slash issue? No, we were out. Yeah. I didn't order enough. I'm curious about it though. Is it good? Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. But it's like Zoe, and you know, she's got kind of a cult around her now, and it's fun to keep up with. And she's she's you know getting to do whatever she wants. And I love that hack slash is one of the things that she wants to do. And I'll continue to check out whatever she does because she has a style that is unlike anybody else's. And I and I really like her art. I think that this demonstrate. I I think that her like more slice of life or biographical stuff has maybe a stronger writing tone than this does, which is sort of like slasher fiction, like teen girl slasher fiction. Wow, so she's like writing it too. Yeah. So you can see a little bit more of maybe where her chops aren't like well beyond her years. Cause they uh-huh. are definitely in certain ways, but yeah, it's, it's good. Roman, did you liked what? it. Uh, I didn't read it. Oh, sorry. my bad. What, what did you say you gave it? Uh, I gave it an eight. Did either of you read subgenre? No. Yes. Uh, Matt Kent, Wilfredo Torres, and Bill Crabtree set in the world of Bang, and it's a it's a pretty interesting um, I don't know like like medium far future meta study on story hmm. and AI and how how stories kind of can be built and interweave with each other and how we lie to ourselves. Um, like in, in this, that everybody has like a way of erasing the dirt and the grime in the city through their AI assistant. That's kind of like over their eyes. And this guy doesn't use it so much for that. He uses it more just as like, uh, like a literal Siri elf flying around him and, and answering questions and helping him break into things. Um, but this, this has that Matt Kent thing that he's been doing, which, is like looping his own stories in on themselves and making it, you know, more and more, um, more and more self-referential. Um, but it's got some interesting things that it's doing and the art looks a little bit to me, like kind of an homage to, uh, like Jeff Darrow's hard boiled hmm. or, um, some transmetropolitan city kind of stuff. Not, detailed like that because wilfredo torres is not a detailed artist but um sort of that almost that precision and and it gives it kind of points you in that direction Hmm. 
What did you think, Roman? Um, I thought it was pretty good. Pretty, 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 pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably read the second one. Um, I, what is Bang? Is that like their own kind of imprint? Yeah, there were a few. There, there was like a four issue series called Bang that sort of took a lot of his stories and turned them into stories that were written by a character. Um, and we've seen some of his characters like jump between storylines lately. Um, okay. And so like most things that he's written since then have been set in the world that his previous stories are um, books within. Okay. Okay. Yeah. In- interesting stuff. And I-, I don't know that it's for everybody, but I-, I think it's kind of fun. Yeah. That sounds fun. This, this, I'm not uh, a little bit. I was like, uh, I'm already kind of sick of hearing about AI. Um, yeah, me too. <laughs> though at the same time, it is something we need to, constantly be aware of before it destroys us all um and i like the fact that at the end of this our hero ends our protagonist ends up in a um gladiatorial outfit with a with omac hair it's like okay cool <laughs> well and we don't even really know what the ai thing is going to be like the the no. idea was that this lady read a story that was the most perfect story and then she found out that it was written by ai but because of the way this whole world is set up and loops in on itself i could see that ai being matt kent himself at some point you know oh cool that'd be neat yeah and i do like though how they how he uses his ai as a as a personal assistant like you said a siri because yeah it does point out how most people just use their ai to blind themselves to reality Um, yeah not super subtle commentary yeah yeah, I'm not very interested in the villain or villains yet, but there is a mystery there. Um, mm-hmm. And visually, they look really cool. I think so I'd give it an eight. Hell yeah. Are you going to make our average, Roman? <laughs> uh, I'll give it I'll give it a seven. Seven. Seven and a half average. Not so bad. Not it's also, so bad, Rich. It's, it's also a weird size, too. It's not quite magazine or black label size, but it's also yeah. bigger than Golden Age size. So. Oh, those <laughs> son of a bitches. I didn't notice it was like a half inch short of a magazine. Yeah, and Jesus I tried. Christ. Get your yeah. head out of your ass. I don't yeah, have I, supplies for this. And on yeah, that I note, it was of golden size, and then I tried that, and that didn't positivity. Um, <laughs> we're gonna wish you adieu uh, in a passive aggressive fashion um, by playing this voicemail from Brian Garside. Oh hell oh, yeah! Right. I forgot yeah. that you said you had one. I have one. Get it in um, here. Let's let's get it in here. And let's... if you want to send a voicemail to us, you can do it by sending us an email to Jeff at the or Django's channels. Hey friends, it's everyone's 18th favorite Canadian Brian G, and I am here to chew bubblegum and talk New York Comic Con. <laughs> and guess what? I'm all out of bubblegum. So let's go. Gotta get this guy more gum. So I was in New York with your friend and mine, Django, and his lovely and talented special lady friend, Erica, last week. I thought it might be fun to give you some of the highlights from my point of view of the three whirlwind days that we spent together. So we started off on Thursday with a Comics Pro retailer event where Django talked about Comics Pro and running a comic shop in front of a group of retailers. And he did a fantastic job. No doubt. Then afterwards, there were some retailer roundtables where Django monopolized a bunch of retailer time at the roundtable, showing off comic shop assistant and oh, attempting no. to steal my customers. Oh, no. We'll get them we'll all. I'll cut, <laughs> I'll cut you real bad. <laughs> we did a quick 30-minute tour of the show floor after sneaking out of the ICV2 talks. Seriously. Who sits at the very front of the room, Django? What were we thinking? <laughs> it is not easy 
to subtly sneak out of a room when you're right in the front. He's right. <laughs> we then took the high line where my wife spotted Paulina, Paulina Poroskova or anyway, she's a famous like 1980s supermodel. She was just walking along the high line with everyone else. We ate some delicious pizza at John's of Bleecker Street in Greenwich Village. And then we lost a battle to some spirit elves at a piano bar in Greenwich. Oh. We lost to more spirit elves at the infamous Stonewall Inn where Erica oh. took us to this cool bar that was kind of the high, the um, kind of epicenter of a bunch of gay rights stuff in the 1960s. Super cool, so much history. Uh, on Friday night, Django and I closed out karaoke with Wanted Dead or Alive. Mm. Yeah, baby, I got him up there singing. That was supposed and to be we a had secret. the best time. <laughs> uh, our good friends, Jess Wells, Morgan Perry, Katie Pride, and a bunch more were there, along with, of course, our special lady friends, Erica and my wife, Charlene. Uh, on, f what was it, Saturday night, I guess, we had a delicious meal at Cafe Salamagundi, Ooh. where I unsuccessfully battled more spirit elves <laughs> who stole all my liquor. We also enjoyed the company of Mark Russell and Cecil Casalucci uh, of um, Plain Janes and uh, and a whole ton of other stuff that she's done. Uh, Shade the spirit, the Shade the Changing Woman. Shade the spirit elves. Um, really, really fun time. <laughs> we had a great time together. Uh, my wife finally got to meet my good pal, Django, and I got to meet Erica for the first time. And they both teased each us about how much we text each other, which is hilarious because <laughs> I was actually looking for the name of the cafe just now. And I had to go through about 250 texts, <laughs> most of them about various data problems that we're both dealing with. But I had so much fun, and I can't wait to see you guys in... February at the next comic pro event yeah. and maybe just maybe I'll get down there to Bellingham sooner than later. Anyway, that's, that's all for me. That's my New York comic con report. And I will talk to you guys soon. Adios. We love what a you, reporter. Brian. What a great reporter. Listen, Brian, when you make it to Bellingham, we'll continue recording in a shared space altogether and you can be on the podcast again. So we'll, oh, we'll have please. that going. So be like uh, Brian Garside, go to conventions, be a part of the nerd culture, and then send us reports. We would love that as well. Be our feet on the street. But until next time, this was episode 330 of a Perfectly Acceptable Podcast. I am always, I'm Jeff, and keep watching the stars. Check them. Nice.